Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it's very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you'd like to help preserve this moment in history for future generations, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Matthias Jose lives in Buenos Aires, Argentina. He's been watching the pandemic unfold around him, seeing people struggle with the new way of life, of working from home, or having to go out and work as an essential worker. The struggle with the regulations, with people trying to comply and yet not succeeding, especially when beaches are open and it's warm outside. He has concern for his friends and family who are reacting adversely to the isolation of the pandemic and hopes that things will phase out soon. Okay, so I guess I've heard it on the news in February 2000. 20 this year? Yeah, it was this year. <laughs> it feels like a, like a, like a decade. <laughs> it, it was shown as a some sort of a strong flu, like a new flu virus out of the chicken factories in China that was spreading like many more of the other viruses. So we weren't really concerned about it. And we were actually just watching the news as a really far away thing that would probably be done with before it even gets here, like most of the time it changed dramatically. So since I'm a programmer, which is a, like a pseudoscience, and you know, my father was a scientist, so I started reading medical um, uh, research about the virus, and I quickly realized that it, this thing was dangerous, uh, that we were uh, actually misinformed about the rate of death. At the beginning, we were told it was a common flu, but then uh, I, I realized that it's 30 times more deadly than the common flu and it was spreading really rapidly. I started feeling a real concern about this this threat as it was arriving uh, to Argentina. I think at the time we had like 50 cases in the country around March or April, I don't remember. Uh, but around that date where, where the real information started to, to arrive about the, the, the seriousness of the virus. It's a, it's a bit, um, it's, it's weird. Uh, at the beginning, we were, uh, so there are five phases of lockdown that they set up. Uh, we don't, I don't really know all of them, what they mean, but roughly the phase one is like nobody gets out. Uh, we got that for like 20 days or, or a month. If, if most of the people were complying with that because the news media were, was really on top. Like they were talking nonstop 24-7 about the virus and how everybody should stay home. Uh, that was good at the beginning. And then the government started, uh, um, you know, realizing that a lot of the people, we have uh, roughly 40% of the people here under the line of poverty. So they really needed to come up with a huge social program uh, 
to try to address a lot of people who couldn't go to work, people who are facing uh, being fired uh, by their companies. So they came up with a huge package of regulations, mostly directed to, to the lower income people. There were a series of, um, um, I don't know how to call it, like payments, a little bit akin to what some people are talking about, like the, the basic rent system. So every two months, uh, 9 million people to 11 million people were receiving payments just because, based on their, their income. So that, that was a huge relief because so the, there was uh, this law passed that you you are not allowed to fire people if you if you do you have to pay double the how do you say that the compensation so uh, and they had to keep paying salaries uh, but a lot of the companies made uh, commitments to pay maybe twenty five percent of the salaries fifty percent of the salaries you have to understand that nobody was going to work in the first two or three months we had like thirty percent. Uh, of the people actually going to work, it's just uh, essential workers, and the th and the thing was pretty much uh, contained. We were having a hundred cases per day or something like that. Later, the, everything started to relax, especially around Buenos Aires and and the surroundings. There are there are about 15 million people living around Buenos Aires, uh, so 3.5 million in Buenos Aires, and the rest, you know, in in cities around, and so. The thing that we started to see is that there's a lot of people, uh, especially people with lower education, they don't believe in science and they, they mistrust authorities. So they started to believe that they were being kept um, locked, locked up for no reason and they started to go about their normal lives. So, so that was, in my opinion, like a second stage of the, of the quarantine where in a lot of places uh, it was a mess and how the people were like doing their normal business and the cases started to really go up in outside of Buenos Aires. Uh, so right now we have about 16,000 cases per day, which is a lot. Uh, even though even though the government uh, policies state that you should still, we're still in phase three, so you, sh you can go, you know, you can go shopping, you can go, uh, the schools are still closed. The, the shopping malls, the big the big shopping places are still closed, although they are in negotiations to being open. But the cases are really, really high because I don't see a high response of the people to to the governmental policies. And at the same time, there hasn't been a lot of enforcement uh, from the law or the military to try to keep people, you know, uh, control. So it's, it's, it's a lot about, uh, so we are, this is, this is a law, you know, we are releasing this, this policy with the, with the force of the law, but it's more or less like a, we are like, a, how do you say this? Like, it's a, it's, it feels more like a suggestion. It's not something that you're forced to do. So it's like, an, it's like a really gray area, which, you know, sometimes I really don't understand how it works. This is countrywide, uh, but in Buenos Aires, we have been... So here's the thing, the, the numbers are growing not very rapidly. We've been like 6,000 a day for more than a month already. And in Buenos Aires city, it's been actually been uh, lowering down. What happened in Buenos Aires is that people are more aware of the dangers. So they keep distancing uh, much better than in other places. They use a lot of, they use face masks. I, I cannot see, it's very hard for me to go out and see somebody without a face mask here. But if I go outside, I actually had to go because I have family, like uh, like 40 minutes from here. 
you go there, it's like, it's like you live in a different country. Everybody is like doing their normal lives. I felt really stressed out by being there. Everybody's without a mask. You know, Argentinians, like Italians, they kiss when they say hello. So this is something that we need to change. And people out there still want to come up to you and touch you and, you know, <laughs> and say hello the normal ways, which made me really, really uncomfortable because this is not really happening in, in, the, in the urban Buenos Aires uh, anymore. So, so this is, there's a big contrast between, you know, what's happening here and what's happening, you know, in, in the more suburban places. So work-related hasn't affected me in any way. So I work always work from home. Before Symphonicast, I was working at chess.com. So it was still a work from home setup. I do YouTube as a side project. So that, that is also from home, you know, gaming and stuff. So it, it, it became even better for me, for me because I didn't have to, I, don't, I had less social commitments and stuff to do <laughs> outside. So, it, so it, was, it was better in, in that way. After a few months, I started to not feel that good, you know, about being, uh, I had this weird feeling that, uh, and, I, and I emailed somebody about it, that my door isn't locked, but I feel that I'm locked inside of my house. And every time I go out, it's, feels like I'm in a, at a different planet and I have to wear a, you know, face masks feel like you're in Mars with a helmet. It's really exaggerated the feeling that you get uh, the, because it's so uncomfortable. It's, I'm, I'm, we are not used to that. Um, and, and you see all of this weirdness, uh, for example, people uh, in lines outside of a supermarket because only two or three people can get in the you know, smaller, small supermarkets like delis maybe in the US, you can, uh, you can compare to that. And, and so it's really, really weird. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't feel good. So when, when you are in here, you want to go out. And when you're out, you just want to do your business and get back in as soon as possible, something like that. Uh, lately, I started to go to parks because that, that is open now. And uh, I've been feeling like more um, easy with, with all of the situation you know, try to relax a little bit more. And that has helped a lot. I started working out five days a week uh, here, which was a real positive because it changed my mind, basically. And so that that was a great uh, relief, you know, stress release and stuff. Then, you know, there's the thing I haven't seen my friends in seven months. We're still, so we are on the, on the seven months of uh, quarantine, you know, so to say. Uh, some people get by it, some people don't, but I, I certainly follow the rules and my friends all, you know, stay at home. So I haven't seen a lot of them in a long time. And the, the only person I see is my mom every like week or so. She's, a, she's quite afraid of getting sick because she's over 60. So it's obviously in danger. So I usually have to like, you know, calm him, calm him down and, you know, reassure her that everything's going to be okay. So all of those things add a little bit to the stress, I guess. I, I don't see much other than the, the shift in business in Argentina. Uh, we were very much behind in the way we do business here. A lot of the businesses was still done on per, in person. And during the past six months, there have been a couple of companies that are making billions of dollars because the business has shifted to online business a lot. In fact, my wife has an online business. She's restarted it 
after the fourth month of quarantine or so, and she's doing like super, like more than we expected it. So everything seems to like being sold. There are a lot of entrepreneurships. Uh, a lot of people had to like shift their businesses and how they do business, and they have to embrace the technologies to do it online. Uh, other than that, I don't see any any other change. So I think something relevant would be like, for example, there are different levels of stress that people go through. And I try to keep calm, but I have a friend who is kind of scared. They had, So she's married, and they have a small kid, and they don't go out. And they haven't gone out in, in a long, long time. And, and so, you know, her, her child started to get... Uh, I think you call it rage fits. Like she gets really upset by no reason because she is basically in in the house all the time. Uh, I think she's like three years old. So and lately she started having some mild medical issues like rashes in her skin and stuff. So my friend was really stressed out and we talked over the phone. And so in order for, uh, you know, them to release their child's stress, they decided to go visit their grandparents, so my friend's parents. Uh, so they're both over 70. So they're also really, you know, at home, they're not getting out. So be in order to be able to go there, they underwent 15 days strict quarantine, which meant that they didn't go out uh, even to the supermarket. So they bought everything that they need to buy uh, and, and they stay locked up for 15 days you know, without exceptions, without ever crossing the the front door. After that, they went visiting their parents and, and they had a great time, actually. So I saw the pictures and all about, you know, my friend's parents are pianist, so they were playing the piano with the little girl in there. Magically, all of their, all of her medical issues went away after that. And so now they are trying to, to, to ease a little bit. So I talked to her and told her, like, they could, relax a little bit they, they, they shouldn't be like so you know uh, strict in their in their controls that you know if, if you wash your hands if you if you use you know the alcohol spray we we we, we sprayed everything with uh, 70 30 mix of alcohol and water here which is seems to work for, for you know most of the things so i i was trying to like get her to relax a little bit so that she can you know go visit her parents more often, she hadn't seen her in seven months, so that was a, a big deal. So that's one, one of the stories that actually struck me. Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week, and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. And if the story meant something to you, share it, because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.